Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Podcast. I'm your host, Daddy McDuke. I'm joined as always by John, Peter, Paul, and Mary Sheeran. And uh, let's see, get, hold on, sorry. Am I three people today? Is that what that was? Brioni Jansky, everybody. HR is in the room as well. Bridget, Bridget Jankars. Yes, that's what I said. John, you okay, are look. like three people. You're yeah. like Guys. as smart as. Daddy-o you know, we can, yeah, we did an introduction. I. We're done with the introduction. So, look, guys, we have a lot to talk about, believe it or not, in the non news part of the year. And we have a very special guest for you. It is a man who speaks the truth, and he's never been wrong about a quarterback in his life, which is a pretty prestigious thing to have in your pocket. This man, okay, look, he had the highest GPA for his college and this was i'm talking about independent community college in kansas he had the highest graduation rate he was took them to the jayhawk championship conference for the first time in 30 years first postseason since 1995 and they had their first bowl victory in their history i'm talking about mr coach jason brown and we're going to get him on because he very boldly ranked joe burrow as the number one quarterback in the AFC, and uh, obviously that shows he's a very intelligent man, but a lot of people gave him a lot of hate for the list, and we were all tagged in the tweet that went out, and so that's why we know about it, and we said, hey, why don't we bring him on to defend himself? So we're going to get Coach Jason Brown on here very shortly, but first we have to talk about TV. and we know that Courtney is very excited about all the very innovative and a hot topic kind of podcast that they're putting out and they have one now i'm reading here it is hosted by kellyanne conway and it is called double a speak and it's a lot of practical tips for getting out of like a parking violation or if someone says hey did i gain weight you know you give answers like you say well technically we all gain a little bit of weight through the course of the day from eating or our hairs and our hair and nails growing very microscopically. And you know, you give answers, but they're not real answers. And so it's a very useful tool that she teaches you how to basically, yeah, fine tune that in yourself. But also, 
we want you to subscribe and like and listen, share. If you like the podcast, then you are probably a strange person. But that means you know other strange people. So we want you to share with them and tell them, hey, I saw this podcast. It's great. You go like and subscribe and all that kind of stuff too. Okay. By the way, how are you guys doing? John and HR. Yeah, did you... Did you- I feel like you pioneered that podcast. I feel like that's just taking content from you. Yeah, okay. So let's bring in our guest. I'm talking about Mr. Coach Jason Brown. Now, I would just real quick, Coach Jason Brown, before you say anything, I just want one quick disclaimer. In order for us to monetize the show, now you, you obviously you have, you're a very articulate man, but the, we cannot have, how do I say this? colorful language on the show because then I can't monetize this show if that makes sense. So we have to kind of Mr. Rogers it up a little bit in terms of the language. Having said that, yeah. I don't like this rule, but it we have to follow it. It's my least favorite rule. So welcome to the show, Mr. Coach. How you doing? We are good. How are you? Good, good. Yeah, well, obviously, I know you're very excited to be on the show. And uh, we've, been, we've been communicating about it, and, and we want to get to right to it, really. Your quarterback list. You have Joe Burrow ranked number one. Now, we want to know why you have him ranked number one. But before we talk about that, I want to explore why people have a problem with that. And I want you to tell me, someone who has no knowledge of football, has never played football, barely even watches football, if I am correct or not. And here is my take. Joe Burrow's game is not as aesthetically pleasing as Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen. He doesn't throw the ball as hard. He doesn't throw it as high. He doesn't run as fast. He's not, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't you know, explode on the screen when you watch him. He's, he's surgical and he helps his receivers by throwing them open and he gives them advantage over defenders by getting the ball to them in the right spots. It doesn't look that great, but he gets the job done. And that's why I think a lot of people sort of underestimate him, because it doesn't look as fancy as those guys. Similar to how Marino maybe seemed like a better quarterback than Montana. You know? Or, you know, and so we've had this in history before. So what is your take on why people have a problem with you having Joe Burrow number one? I don't know why they have a problem. The people that have a problem are... Um are people that are Twitter uh, gurus. They have not a clue about the real position itself or what it really takes, uh, the intangibles or or what have you. So the, the, the people that you see, the naysayers, are just people on Twitter, man. It's just, it's really, it's really laughable. Um, and it's, uh, it's pretty comical to see their responses when, you know, all you have to do is ask them, send, send me your resume and we can continue the conversation. Unless you do that, then I'm not going to sit here and talk to you. So it's, uh, it's pretty, it's crazy. You know, I've sent three to the NFL. I got 25 in the NFL currently, and I just had seven drafted this past uh, draft last month. And, um, I don't, uh, I don't really debate it with these people on Twitter too much. I do it just out of fun when I hear the the real idiocracies of some of them and just flat out ignorance. I kind of do it as a joke, but besides that, I don't really get into it with them because they're basically uh, morons and they really know nothing. They uh, they eat donuts all day and they watch Six Hundred Pound Life and they sit at home and help nobody. 
So that's who we deal with on Twitter. That's the 99% of the majority. So, uh, you know, it's, it's really don't, don't even waste your time with dealing with those guys. I don't. And, uh, and the bottom line is, you know, Burrow has the it factor, capital IT, and it, and that's what he does. He has that like, uh, Brady's of the world and the Aaron Rodgers and the, uh, Troy Aikman's and the greats that have come before him. And, um, you know, I put him, uh, he's really, really comparable to Carson. Um, he's really, really, uh, he, he, he reminds me of Carson quite a bit. And, um, which Carson is that? I'm sorry. What was that? Uh, which Carson? Not Johnny Carson. Which, which Carson did you mean? The quarterback, the great one you guys had. Uh, Carson he, Palmer? Arizona. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, he reminds me of him. He's a big, strong guy. He can, he's got a, a little bit of an elongated motion, but he still gets it out quick. He can spin it. He's accurate. He can, he's got arm strength. His skill set um, is clearly there. And he gets the guys the ball that needs to that need to have the ball in the right time at the right time in the right spots um he moves the chains and he has that feel in the pocket where he's not escaping like a lot of these youngsters do too early he climbs a pocket and he makes throws uh and gets his playmakers the ball instead of trying to make plays with his feet and while guys are running wide open so you know, and he still can make plays with his feet, which he does, and show some athleticism that you really don't realize that he has, but he does have. And uh, and to be honest, it's just that it's just my experience, and it's the uh, watching the position, having played the position at the highest level, seeing these guys, thrown with these guys. He he clearly has it, and he's right up there at the top top three quarterback in the league, in my opinion, right now, and. Um, I picked Cincinnati to play the Rams in the Super Bowl on my show over a year bef uh, before the actual Super Bowl happened. So you can actually look that up. And uh, for the simple fact that Burrow's not just a really a rookie, to be honest, after he got hurt. But not only that, he's an older rookie who's been around. He's a coach's son. He just has all the intangibles that you want um, from that position at a high at, at this level. And that's what he's yeah. shown and proven. And uh I think he's only going to continue to get better. Does he have a slump down year? Yeah, all NFL quarterbacks do. Is it this year? Who knows? It'll be one year um, because his team will get uh, in certain areas will will flounder a little bit. They'll drop off in certain areas. Hopefully they improve the old line there. Um, the receivers are great. They got a great running game. They have all the tools. Uh, I think they lost their tight end, one of them, but they, 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 they will – They'll be fine. I mean, I don't know if they'll be back in the Super Bowl anytime soon, right right away. Uh, but I think they're going to be. Uh, but Joe Burrow's going to be uh, going to be that guy. So I just real quick, you mentioned on the podcast that you've never been wrong about the QB, and I know you've had very prolific offenses in college. Very impressive, considering you know where you were and the ability to recruit and and basically <laughs> a spot talent. So what do you mean when you say you've never been wrong on a QB before? Projection. I project the guys that get drafted. Um, if they're going to be a buster, they're going to be good. So, yeah, I've never been wrong in a projection of a quarterback that's been drafted, or, or even a guy that wasn't drafted that ended up making it. Um, 
I've just I've never been I've, I've never been uh, never missed on one of these guys just because I coached the position I played the position I, I kind of I think I'm a elite talent evaluator um, you know I, I don't know that's just what it is I mean I, I just haven't missed on any of, the, of these guys I called Carson Wentz I called Baker Mayfield I've called uh, Lamar Jackson I called Burrow I mean I've called it all so well, I, you, I, I you're just, not a big Baker fan and you're not a big David Carr fan is something I learned from the podcast where you have him as the second to worst, I believe. No, I'm sorry. The 12th best quarterback in the AFC. Derek Carr. Der yeah, Derek Carr. Yeah, David Carr is even worse. But you're very low on Derek Carr. And you have Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, and Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill, ahead of him. Is it, you know, because he took his team to playoffs and it was a down-to-the-wire game. And he's had a lot of fourth-quarter comebacks. Of course, he has an average arm. What is it about him? Do you think that... He's been a product of a great situation, or do you think that he's in for a decline, or do you think it's just he's, he doesn't have the it factor to get you deep into the playoffs? Yeah, he does. He, he has. A, he actually has a very strong arm. Um, he has. He has. A, he just doesn't have the it factor. And and half of those fourth quarter comebacks, he's orchestrated himself by allowing them to be down big because he threw a pick six or two. So you got to really look at the stats and the data. There's a reason they're down in the fourth quarter. And there's a reason that you're allowed to make comebacks like that. A lot of that, that stat is actually a very, very overrated stat. Because if you look at how they got behind a lot of these quarterbacks, I mean, Trent Dilfer back in the day was a guy that did it. And he couldn't throw, you know, he couldn't hit a water if he fell out of a boat. And he was a guy that came back in the fourth quarter because he made these horrible decisions early on in the game. And their defense is so good. Luckily, he kept them in it. The Raiders, uh, you know, he just uh, he's just a guy. Uh, we call him a jag, just another guy. That's what he is. I mean, there's nothing special. People get mad, but what has he done? And, and I'll wait. I'll wait for whoever wants to tell me what he's done that has been so special. Uh, he got paid. He's done nothing. He's gotten money. Um, he's got paid, but. Has he won a bunch of playoff games I don't know about? Has he won a Super Bowl? Has he won any meaningful game in his history of his career that I don't well, know? About? Well, but you have you have Zach Wilson, you know, yeah. Trevor Lawrence. Mac Jones got destroyed in his only playoff game. You have him sixth. Yep. Because of his but season. I, I think it's yeah, like you said, it's projection. You think that Zach Wilson, obviously high ceiling, Trevor Lawrence, very high ceiling, and you know, Ryan Tannehill has taken them to the AFC Championship game. I think that with the younger quarterbacks, it's projection. Is that correct? You think that they have the potential to get it done, but you don't oh, think yeah. that Carr it's does. It's clearly the quarterback. It's not clearly the quarterback. And if we want to talk about Zach Wilson, we can compare him all you want. Understand he's at the New York Jets. He's in the worst franchise in the NFL. So please understand that. I got Daniel Jones at number five on my NFC. People are bashing me about that. Watch Daniel Jones and how good he is this year because he has a foundational, concrete foundation is going to be set with him now with Dable. And watch how Daniel Jones excels this year. You heard it on your show first. So I'm just telling you, these guys like Zach Wilson, I've been around him myself in person. I, my, one of my best friends was his head coach at BYU. Zach has all the tools um, that a lot of these big-time upper echelon QBs in the league have. He just unfortunately at a horrible organization, just like Trevor Lawrence is, just like a lot of these guys are. Um, you know, 
it is what it is. I got Sam Darnold too, because I've coached against him. I've coached him. I know what he has as well, along with these other guys. He's in, he was in a horrible situation. Now he's in another horrible situation. Six OCs, four head coaches. I mean, you have to understand this thing. This is a quarterback position that you're either the goat or the hero, and you need some concrete foundation. Look at Tom Brady's success, obviously playing in the worst conference in NFL history for 20 years, AFC East. Um, but he had concrete foundation. Nothing changed. If the OC did change, it went from a quarterback coach to the OC. Weiss yeah. left and they brought back the first OC. So like he's familiar. He had the foundation. These other guys do not. And you yeah. see him moving around and it's tough on young kids. They're young guys. It's They're tough. younger guys. Yeah. yeah. And they yeah. could end up being busts. Uh, obviously, like sometimes moving around different OCs, they just end up being busts. They never reach their potential. But John has a question. When yeah, I'm going to gonna butt in, Daddy. You've been talking way too long. You've mentioned, Coach, um, about the id factor a couple times. We don't, for, for us who don't have like a comprehensive resume of coaching the quarterback position, we hear that term a lot, but we don't really know how to explain it or how to quantify it. In your best way, like how do you describe the id factor? The it factor is an executive presence. It's like the guy that gets picked first on the on the on the pickup basketball court. It's the guy that takes and gets the steals the prom queen from from you. That's the guy that has the it factor. He is the guy. Period. He gets it. He's good in everything. He's good in golf. He's good in soccer. He can shoot a basketball. Is he a professional in those things? No, but he can actually play it and look like he knows what he's doing. Um, these guys are the guys that have the it factor. They're the ones that know how to get it done. They make plays when you don't expect them. They, they break, uh, the pocket and make a play that you never expect. And, um, you know, at the least amount of, uh, at the, at the most, uh, important, crucial, critical times of games. And then they do them in big games, big time players make big plays in big games. That's who has it factor. So who, there's who not a our lot team. I'm just going to be who, honest. There's yeah. not a lot of them out there. I'm just telling you. Yeah. And a lot of them are overpaid. When you look at our team here, our, our podcast team, who has the it factor in your opinion? I don't who know. Has... It ain't the puppet. It's not. Okay. <laughs> Damn. Touche. Well, but I would say this. I do. I, you know, I am the one who always makes myself available. John wasn't here last week. One of our co-hosts isn't here this week. And two weeks ago, I think Bridget HR wasn't here. I had COVID. And Right. So there's all sorts of excuses. And here's the thing is, you know, the famous coaching saying, they say that availability is mm -hmm. what it is the best form of ableism. They call it ableism nowadays. I don't know if you know, coach, they say, if you blame someone for getting hurt, that's ableist. I don't know if you've heard that. But, you know, going with that idea, you have Deshaun Watson as the worst starting quarterback in the AFC when we know talent-wise he's probably top three or four. But it's because you, have, you say it's him or Baker Mayfield. You don't know who. Either one, it's the worst quarterback situation. And you don't think that they're going to be available or their availability is not going to really elevate their team. Is that right? Is that why you have him there? Well, the guy hasn't played in two years. And I don't believe he's going to play this year. And I'm not going to be shocked if he never plays again. So anyone that puts him above anyone else are idiots because how can you put a guy that you're, that you, we know he's talented. Yeah. Cool. But if he don't play, you look like an idiot putting him in your top five. 
I'm just saying all these big time media people that have them up there, you know, it's, it's same thing as having a rookie who has never taken a snap yet. Pick it above a guy like Mills in Houston. Mills is a very good and talented kid who actually is in another horrible organization who has a huge ceiling and a skill set. But and he's actually played a ton of downs in the NFL. But we got guys in the media that have put Pickett above him. I don't believe Pickett starts over Trubisky. So Trubisky would be up there in my in my on my rating if he was one of the cues to select from just like Garoppolo would be higher up on the NFC one if he was to choose from. So, um, you know, people have Trey Lance on some of these things I've seen in the top 10. Really? He played FCS football. He hadn't even played college in over a year when he got drafted, and he's yet to play meaningful downs in the league that's going to pay him big money. But we have him ranked top 10. See, these people anoint these folks all the time on these big publications and platforms, that, and they have no clue what they're talking about. You know, from Mina Kimes to fuck, all these different people, they all want to anoint Stephen A. Smith. They anoint all these people when they really have not a clue what they're talking about. And it's yeah. really comical. Um, they're eggheads, Mr. Coach. They're just, it's ignorant. Ignorance is yeah. life-threatening, man. So, they're, they're really ignorant. I have a question, Daddy, because you never let me speak, especially right. when it's actually about football. Um, right. So. Well, me and, me and Coach, really, we can't let loose. She's, she's HR, by the way, Coach, and I, I feel like we are both very restricted because of the... But, but that's okay. She, so, she wants to talk now. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yes, thank you. I'm speaking. Um, so I'm biased, and I, I think the AFC is really stacked, and I, I've gotten a little heat for saying I think the AFC championship is going to be a more competitive game than the Super Bowl for at least the next two, three seasons but as you were compiling your lists and looking at you know the afc qb talent the nfc talent like what do you cut you off but who in the afc is going to beat the rams i (laughs) we were a minute and 30 seconds away from doing it (laughs) i i we we had it we had it i I hear you i hear you okay i'm sorry go ahead no so so i I'm from Michigan, so we've got a long Matthew Stafford, and I I think Stafford's fine. I saw you rated him quite highly for the NFC. I don't, I don't know that I would have ranked him that high, but he he performed last season, and that's that's fine. Um, but like, how do you think about the AFC QB talent versus the NFC talent? Because when I look at like Burrow, Allen. Mahomes, Herbert, like that is a stacked top five. Like, how do you see these two conferences being competitive against each other? For see, to answer your question, though, like you have to know like what we're discussing. So, like Aaron Rodgers has a Super Bowl. Tom Brady has a thousand. Um, Stafford has one now. Um, let's compare the NFC quarterbacks to the AFC quarterbacks, and who has won more Super Bowls? Who has won more playoff games, meaningful ones? There's not a lot over there on your side of the football. There's not when was a lot. the last time Rodgers won a playoff game? Oh, I don't know. I'm just I'm just saying they have a Super Bowl ring. So to that's I'm just answering a question as far as how we compare it, how I compare them and rate them. So the the I'm gonna be honest with you, brutally honest. The the quarterback position in the NFL current day is as worse that as I've seen in mm-hmm. NFL. I'm talking about 
the actual position, how it's meant to be played and how it's done with what we're in. We are in a results oriented business now. So nobody cares if you're a freak of nature and you throw with your left hand and you're a righty because you got out of traffic and you did this jump pass and you threw underhanded. Nobody cares if you don't win. So at the end of the day, um, yes, we are more athletic now. We are more talented now at the position. Um, Lamar Jackson's a freak of nature, but he's not a good quarterback in the NFL. I would love to have coached Lamar Jackson in college. He's a freak of nature, but he has so many flaws in his, in his talent level and his skill set that it is going to restrain him from winning a Super Bowl. And that's what we are ultimately judged on. Tom Brady's the GOAT because he's won more Super Bowls. He's not the GOAT because he's... Tony Romo will outthrow Tom Brady in every facet, every throw, every game, every day of his life. But is he better than Tom Brady? No. So, like, it's yeah. not about just skills. It's not just all raw talent. It's having that it factor that Tom Brady has. And... um there's guys like that in this league, and then there's guys that are freaks of nature that just will never win a game in the playoffs, and we'll just continue every year to rate them as this high rating. But what has he done? Like, that's what I don't understand with these ratings that people come out with. And uh, to answer your Stafford question, I, I, would, I would be willing to say Stafford is a top five NFL quarterback of all time if he was with a team like the Rams six, seven years ago, at least. And he'd probably have three Super Bowls. That's the issue. He, he's come over to a real team with structure, infrastructure, culture, and won his first year. And he's been doing these, the same things, the stats, the, all the stuff he's done in Detroit, he's done, and he did it this year. But he had some structure and an environment around him that's conducive to winning, unlike he did in Detroit. And you can, you, I can argue with anyone that he's his top five skill set of all time, and he would probably be in the Hall of Fame already, and we'd be talking about how, how he's a top five guy because he'd have probably three, four Super Bowl rings, and nobody yeah. brings that up. Nobody brings well, that up. Well, so. I saw John had a reaction to when you said this is the, the worst quarterback kind of uh, No, that, that, that was just a, a bug kind of flew in my mouth a little bit. My mouth was agape. I, I just want to, I just want to make a clarification. You were right about Lamar Jackson because you knew he was going to win an MVP, or because he's negotiating a contract right now. Say it again. Uh, earlier in the show, you said that you were right about Lamar Jackson, like you were right about Sam Darnold and Carson Wentz. Were you right because you expected him to win an MVP in his second year, or because he's negotiating a contract right now? Um, no, I was right that he would never win meaningful playoff games or a Super Bowl. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. MVPs, we know what that is. That, that's a that's a population. That's a that's a popular vote. That's not really, you know. Aaron Rodgers won that two in a row because he's the popular vote, regardless if it's positive or negative, COVID or no COVID. He, he's the most popular human being playing the position. So that is what this position is. Or or if not, Aaron Donald would win the MVP every year. So let's just be honest. Like there's no one that dominates a game like him on either side of the football. So. That's that. That's we know the award goes to that position. Now, whoever has a hell of a season, you know, uh, in the regular season, it's cool. But playoffs in the NFL changes. The ball game changes. Everything changes. Defenses get better. They've schemed you up. They've already prepped. Well, 
a lot of things change in that regard. And you see those guys go from the regular season running around to the playoffs where they can't throw a hitch ball on time because the cloud coverage changed. And now they don't understand it or grasp it. And they hold the ball, sack, take a run 40 yards around the backfield and, and gain one yard, have to come back to the huddle exhausted and try to do it again. Like, NFL is not meant to run the football at the quarterback position all over the place. We've seen, uh huh. We've seen running quarterbacks get really close in recent years. You know, uh, Steve McNair was a—I would classify him as a running quarterback. And I won it. I won it. He was very close. Steve McNair is not anything close to a running quarterback. (laughs) That's the problem. Well, you don't know what you're saying. You don't know what you're talking about. That's the yeah. issue. Steve McNair was a pocket passer who escaped with his feet to make throws while he was running in the uh, escaping the pocket. He was not a yeah. runner. Steve McNair ran four eight. He was not a runner. Steve Steve Young won a Super Bowl when he stopped running around. Yeah, when he ran the football. He was horrible. He never even got close to winning the Super Bowl. So well, you can- well, Colin Kaepernick. You know, Colin Kaepernick got really close, and he's he's not known for his passing. He he ran for what 180 yards against Green Bay in that playoff game. Yeah, and- I'm saying you can. It can. I agree. Here's my thing. I don't think it's so much about running quarterback or not. I think about it's about the quarterback who can make the big conversions when you really need them, and so that's why a guy like Tom Brady who can do that is more valuable than a guy who can maybe put up a ton of yards most of the time, but you can't count on him to get those conversions late in the game. And I think Joe Burrow has that ability. But I do think some running quarterbacks, if you will, have that ability, you know, if they if they kind of refine their passing technique and they know when to do what and all that. And Lamar Jackson's only, what, 25 years old? I mean, he's still young. I, look, I agree with you. I don't think he has the skill set that you want to win deep in the playoffs, but I don't think it's impossible. I think he could develop and... and who knows? But coach, look, you we've taken so much of your time and we haven't even talked about your own stuff. Coach Brown was, of course, he had his own Netflix special, Last Chance You. And a fantastic show. Obviously, it is about, you know, the, the dropouts of, you know, college like myself, people who couldn't pass their grades and they get one final chance to get higher education. I assume that's what it's about. But he Not also all dropouts, but yeah, yeah, great show. But also he has the a slap a stick podcast. Which here's my question, Coach Brown: How do you have a genre of comedy that is based on you know physical comedy when it's just audio, when it's just a podcast? So I, I saw the title and I was a little confused. But that is also on the Believe Podcast Network, the Slap a Stick podcast. Uh, it's actually changed. I changed the name to Hate Me Now, Love Me Later. That's the title of my book. And so I do it. I do a YouTube. I also have a YouTube show with the show. So um, it's audio and video uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So uh, that's fantastic. Yeah. So I do that. And so, uh, yeah, no more. No more slapstick. <laughs> no more slapstick. OK, well. Uh, before you go, just one quick thing. I have a problem motivating my team. You are one of the master motivators. As we said, you know, they, they're taking too many vacations. What can I tell them to kind of, I want to say, you know, put that fear into them, instill that kind of, where they're just, they're just always on edge, where they feel like you're always watching them or you're going to. You're I going can't to stop like, eating donuts, man. Like, I got to do something about this. Yeah. 
Yeah, Coach Brown, what do I do? How do I get these, whip these guys Each into shape? Each his own, man. Hey, I, I don't motivate people that don't have any self-motivation. So, you know, I can't want it more than you. So if my man wants to eat donuts, hey, blow up, brother. Kudos to you. See, that's the support I need, Daddy. What the hell? Yeah, that's what you need. You need support okay. like that. Well, that didn't help. But we are very happy to have you on the show. I mean, it was fantastic getting your perspective because you've done it. You've lived it, you've raised kids through the process, and you've, you've been right 100% of the time, which I've never heard of from any other coach or analyst before. That is a record. And yeah, so thank you so much, Coach Brown, for coming on the show. All right, I appreciate you. Thanks for joining okay. us. Thanks, right. Coach. All right, so before we go on to the next topic, we actually originally were going to talk about how Joe Burrow is going to be on the Sports Illustrated cover. It's a glamour shot. I don't know how much you know he will be wearing. I don't know if this is to sell the magazines. I don't know what the strategy is. But look, it's going to. I'll tell you this: it's going to be the first time that I'm going to buy the NFL preview in about 25 years. So that says a lot that they put Joe Burrow on the cover of a sports. What, what are your guys' take on that? What was the 1997 preview that you were so intrigued about? The reality is, I used to get the the Sports Illustrated free. Uh, to mm. my home because they, they forgot to cancel the subscription of the previous residence. Yeah. But anyways, John, what, you know, a lot of, they talk about the Madden curse, this curse, that curse, you know, I don't feel like Joe Burrow is curseable. I feel like this guy is so is, cool. Yeah. Is there a curse with SI? I'm, I wasn't aware of that. I don't think so. Yeah. I just was checking with you. But. Well, on the, on the subject of the, um, of the contents of the actual picture, I'm just going to say it right now. Joe Burrow's legs are not sexy at all. And I feel like that's a really big red flag for me when it comes yeah. to <laughs> uh, cover models. Right. Um, I just feel like there's just a lot of unused potential there. And I think as his career unfolds and progresses... Is it the scars from the 8th? No, no, that's not true. It has nothing to do with the scars. They're just kind of chicken wings. And I feel like he's got to work oh. on that. No, you don't like the chicken John, wings. You like chili. So, John likes chili. He's not the chicken so guy. So yeah. I want to be respectful of... Joe Burrow as a human person and not objectify him for his objective him, yeah however I watched Whoa. his presser today and at the end he stood up to walk away and his thighs were looking impressive yeah John. so John that's fake news. what about the calves what about the calves well they didn't they didn't show the calves but I've seen thighs... I've seen the calves man they're just there's a lot left to be desired we all see that. Well, I guess we don't. We see the John, socks. can you it's please control shorts. your desire on this show? That's not what the show is about. That, that's the angle that you took with this Look. cover, though. Yeah, I guess it is. Look, here's the thing. I wanted you guys to talk about how it's so great to have someone. Look, we had... Well, I, you know Chad what I hope they do? I'm going to yeah. say this. I'm going to go on the record. I hope they put him on that weird tiger couch. Have you seen this thing? Well, we already it, saw the shots of where they're shooting it. Oh, it's, it's well, on the I have field. not yeah. seen that. Yeah. But I have, they, uh, they have this really bizarre tiger couch at the stadium that you can yeah. go get your picture on, and it is disgusting. Like, I don't know who wants to sit on a fur couch one after the other, especially in the midst of a global pandemic, but I really want him. It's got a head, and I just yeah. feel like that would be an epic cover. I don't think that's going to happen, but I think the last time we had someone on a Sports Illustrated cover, John, was Chad Johnson. I'm mm. thinking. I know we had Carson 
Palmer, I hate saying that name, but I, I know when, when he had his, he was doing his rehab, and that was a, you know, John, this was how far we came with ACLs. It was a big deal that he no, was I remember doing, that. It yeah. was a picture of him in the pool, but I do yeah, actually remember, just, I, I remember a Bengal. He was just playing in the though. water, John. That's what, that's he what wasn't he called playing. He was, he was the rehabbing. man had no heart. But he anyways. Was, he was literally running yeah. with a scar, but I remember it, there was actually a cover after that, and it was Caleb Miller hitting like Heinz Ward, and it was about the Bengals and Steelers. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah, that doesn't really count. That yeah, I think it counts. Why not? Yeah, I don't know. There was the one when we beat the Chiefs. Oh, that, that was before. That's right. That was before. That was before they made the playoffs. But okay, look. That's one thing I was talking about. Also, his leadership. He came out and he spoke about Jesse Bates. He said how valuable he is to the, to the team in terms of leadership. And he basically said, I side with him. I want him, you know, I understand his take. And he kind of took the side of the player. And we know that Joe Burrow is like, the, he is like the actual president of the Bengals. What he says matters. And I really do think that's going to help Jesse Bates in negotiations a little bit. Maybe they throw in another 25 cents. I don't know. That's generous. Yeah. 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 <laughs> The last thing about Burrow that we saw was he came out and he talked about the recent kind of violence and his stance. And he was very confident and he was very humble, but he was very, you know, uh, he was very determined. Did you say he, confident? Yeah, he was very confident. Yeah. Okay. He, I, I, you know, I felt like he wasn't being fed the lines from anybody. It was his true opinion. And he has stated it clearly. That is amazing for, for a, a guy in his position. I was impressed. For, yeah, it's relative to his Like, what he said was the most mild take of all time. Actually, it yeah. wasn't, John. It wasn't. It, it he said, was. He said, no, John, what he said was, if we can't get rid of them entirely, then we still have to do something, right? That's, that's so, literally the borderline, like, base. That's not, no, because the, yes, implication is, the implication is we should get rid of them entirely, but we but can't. I, I, yeah. I don't That is extreme, John. That counts as extreme. I Yes, it does. I if don't think that's. Yeah. I, I don't know that very that's where bold he, take. I don't know that that's where he was going with it. I love that he didn't skirt it entirely. I mean, well, it was, of course, and you know they threw it in right at the the end of the presser. I, I think he handled it well. You know, he said, "My job is to play football on the field." I hand like. There's people paid to legislate on this. I hope they do the right thing. But, you know, I was thinking about what Steve Kerr said, Coach Kerr said, you know, a day or so, or the day of, the day after uh, the murders in Uvalde. And, like, that's, you know, that was one of the first figures we saw really taking a stance. But Kerr, on Kerr has a difference. See, I feel like. Yeah, because Kerr has like experience with that. I believe his I believe his parents were involved in, in such an incident. His yeah, father. His father was. Yeah, his father was. But, 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 but no, but yeah, go ahead. Go, no, go ahead. Go ahead. You clearly have something to say. I was just gonna say, Kerr, the difference is he made it political, if you notice. It's like why isn't this side doing you know, something like that? And I actually think that that's counterproductive. I think that the the the, the measures that they really need to take, it's it's should it I don't think it will be solved by favoring one side's, you know, approach over the other. I think it needs to be something more extensive. And I think that's what Burrow was saying. That's what I liked. I don't think yeah. he was, you know, I don't think he was just, yeah. John. I, I agree with you. I, I just, I don't know if confident. I'm just going to go back. I don't know if confident is the word I would have used. 
I was just taken aback why people were surprised that it was asked or that he answered it because this is not the first time that he spoke up about societal issues. Um, ever since he's been in the limelight, he's made a habit of it. Police brutality, January 6th, like he's not shied away from these things, which is why the question was asked by Ben Baby, who knew this, who has been covering him for his entire career ever since he broke out at LSU. So. It didn't really shock me that the question was asked, but of course, when you get an answer that's for whatever reason controversial, even though it's the most common sense thing you can possibly imagine, you're going to rile off some feathers. But of course, Burrow has never shied away or just given a non-answer. He provides substance when he knows what is right and what is common sense. Yeah, that's what I love about them. Okay, so look, we have to move on. John, I want to talk about the defensive tackle position. And the Bengals still need a three technique. And, and Jeff Hobson was, was asked about it. And he was saying, hey, maybe they trade for another one. And you see 3T phone to get away from home. That's BJ Hill who got away from the Giants. John. Yes, thank you, you for think, explaining. Are there any good trade candidates? Yeah. No. I, well, like, not, it's not right now. John. It's before your time. I still know what the movie is. Like, I know the quote. Uh, we didn't really know about B.J. Hill until August came around. Like, he was just a guy who was behind a bunch of other starters. He was, like, third or fourth in that rotation for the Giants. Maybe when the preseason is unfolding and guys still aren't getting playing time and it's maybe a guy like B.J. Hill was in the last year of his contract, maybe you have that situation. But uh, it's not really something you can project in June. Again, these things might come up in, in August, right before the season comes, but it might be a little bit too early right now. Okay, so let's move on to Camp in Your Mood. Fast, because we had the very long segment with Coach Brown. And, uh, yeah, and so, John, there's two guys that Jeff Hobson mentioned as the Bengals being high on. One is Javon Hailey, ironically. Another was Kwame Lasseter Jr., who's the son of the great defensive back who had 25 career interceptions, obviously. And Kwame Lasseter today, they were raving about him in seven on sevens. They said this guy's going to be great in the return game. Who do you, obviously, you know, there's the discussion about Odell Beckham because he saw a tweet of or a, a Instagram post of Joe Burrow where he said something like, I'm, I'm uh, itching to play or I, uh, you know, I can't contain myself or something. And then OBJ said, the one. Like, he is the chosen one. He's the greatest one. He's the one I want to play with. Something like that. And so there's like, hey, maybe he becomes the fourth receiver. Bang. I think there's no way the bang would give him. I don't know if he's looking to take a pay cut like that. So, John, what do they do with the fourth receiver? Is it one of these undrafted free agents? Is it Michael Thomas or is it the outside veteran? I think the one was the one megabyte that you have on the internet right now with your connection. Um, <laughs> He's the chosen one because he brought LSU a championship and Odell Beckham was in the locker room in the Superdome when Burrow was smoking cigars and he was handing out bands to players and he was there when the cops showed up. Like Burrow and OBJ have had that connection since going back to LSU just because that's the common ground that they share. People are obviously reading in reading into it a lot because he's a free agent and the Bengals could use another receiver. I don't think it's going to happen, but I certainly wouldn't be opposed to it. I, I think at this point in his career, Beckham isn't necessarily the number one guy anymore. And at, at this point, like a, a two or a three or a four on the depth chart, like it's, I don't think it really makes that much of a difference to him. Okay, moving on one more time. Along the lines, John, Lael Collins. This man, they say he looks exactly as we expected him to look. And 
that to me is like you know some of these dating apps, John, and you you know you order somebody over the phone or something, and then they mm. come and they don't look like what you had thought what you thought they would, or you know sometimes you order like like this bookshelf behind me, you know, it was like half the size I thought it would be. It wasn't what I thought it would be. But Lael Collins, they're saying he looks like what we thought he would look like. So they're basically saying, you know, that they're, they're content. They're going to leave a positive review for the Dallas Cowboys. What do you understand from that, John, that he looks like what they thought he would look like? Well, it's been two months or three months since he signed. So there's not been a ton of exposure to him yet. They signed him for three years. They expect him to play all three years. Um, so far, so good, basically. Like, it's just been practice. He hasn't gone through rigorous contact drills or has played any games yet. We'll see how he manages that. Unfortunately, he just has a history of missing games and everything that comes with that. But now he's back with his former assistant coach or former offensive line coach. There's a chemistry there. There's a history of working together there. So far, so good. That's all it is. I hope you're not ordering people off dating apps. I don't want you involved. No, in I don't do that. I've just, okay. I just heard about it, John. Yeah, yeah. I don't know even what those dating apps are. I don't think they're dating apps at that point. Yeah, that sounds no, like the black says, web. It's not the black web. I mean, just because they're not in America, maybe in Eastern Europe or something. I mean, you can't, you can't call it, the, you know, you, you shouldn't really discriminate. I'm surprised, HR. I'm surprised. I'm ashamed. Speaking of HR, let's go to Daddy Who Cares and let us get our weekly reprimanding. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're not being reprimanded this week. We're being of course uh, educated. So I'll I'll be quick with this one um, because it's near and dear to my heart. Uh, well, that's not why I'll be quick, uh, but that's why I picked this one. And I'll be quick because we are running out of time. And I think people are probably sick of listening to us by now. Um, so June is National Migraine and Headache Awareness Month. So I am actually one of the 40 million people in the United States that are impacted by migraine headaches. So like I said, this one's near and dear to my heart. And I actually spent a little bit of time looking up more about migraines and headaches. Um, but I felt like this one was really apropos since daddy causes most of my headaches now. And Preach. John, I feel like you can probably like empathize with me on this. Um, there's currently no cure for migraines, uh, but we know there are a lot of things that cause headaches. Um, uh, Courtney, do you have like one of my prime examples for, yeah, here we go. Like, don't do this. This causes headaches. It's not a migraine, but like that's like a number one cause of headaches. We don't like to see it. Don't do that. Um, and we, we don't want to see Huday doing that a lot this season. So the, the hope is going to be that's not the case. And if Burrow performs at number one, like Coach Brown thinks he will, I don't think we'll see a whole lot of that. So there's a number of different different treatments um, for migraine sufferers, from pain relievers to preventative meds. My co-hosts actually know I'm on a preventative med that causes brain fog and some memory loss. So sometimes even on this podcast, I'll be like stumbling over a word and like trying to find what's that one word, and I can't because it's my preventative med, but I'm getting less headaches, so, you know, trade-off. There's also holistic medications and natural treatments. 
Um, so if you are a migraine sufferer, it's always good to talk to your doctor and see what works for you. Um, but I didn't know if folks knew that Joe Mixon was reported to suffer from migraine. So he missed a series of practices in 2020. And uh, folks were wondering if it was because of contract negotiations. But he came out and said, no, I have actually been having a, a series of migraines and found a physician and a set of treatments that worked for him. Don't know if he's had them since then, but um, Mixon is a migraine sufferer, one of the 40 million. And so final couple of things, one I thought was really interesting, 90% of people who think they have a sinus headache, John, daddy I don't know if you've ever felt like pressure in your face and are like, oh, it's my sinuses. So 90% of people who think they have that actually have a migraine and the other 10% or so actually have a tension headache. Um, and Botox can actually be a really helpful... Oh, that's too bad. Oh. Time. Is that is that like the, the chef? Yeah, whenever whenever the segment runs out of time, you, you hear that. No, I, I feel like I'm yeah. the only one who gets that. I don't know. Okay, well, I'll... Yeah, I'll yeah. I, I need like my Kamala I'm speaking mug to, to finish it out. So Botox can actually be a helpful treatment for migraines to block like the nerve signals that cause pain. I didn't know if folks knew that. So final statement is that eating well, getting a consistent sleep pattern, and keeping track of your headache triggers can all help with migraines. And like most health conditions we talk about on the show, literally the number one preventative measure for not getting a migraine is not to work here. So there we go. Yeah. That's well, Daddy thank you. I mean, you talked week. about triggers. And I feel like, like that alarm. My God. <laughs> yeah. that, well, that's what happens when you when you kind of don't observe protocol and stick to the time. But I would say this. You talk about triggers and you talk about sympathy for people with headaches, but you always ignore my triggers. I told you that air conditioner and heater and paperwork like filing taxes and writing checks, all of these things, they give me headaches. It's not because I'm cheap, but I, I, I don't. I don't like using any of these things and in DNH sports. But yeah, you just say no, you're cheap. Legal boundaries are not, I don't think, known migraine causes. Well, we see again, you are telling me about my body. I don't I don't think that is fair. But you know, speaking of not being fair, I want to talk about patreon.com slash DH sports because look, we we have twelve patrons, which is great. But we have so many of you watching this stream illegally. You are not paying for it. And as we know, streaming anything without paying for it is illegal. So if you want to abide by the law and honor us and help us get our intern back, we've lost our intern, and we see that she's in over her head trying to keep up with President Joe Biden. And uh, if you want our fact checker back, Make sure to go to patreon.com slash DHSports. Look, just, just $1 a month. That's all. If we just have like 5,000 people doing that, we should be able to get our intern back. Maybe even less. But that's really all I have, John. I don't know if you have anything else. Yeah, let's get out of here. Let's ring that get bell out again, of though. here. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, for HR and Daddy, uh, sorry, John, Peter, Paul, Mary, that, that was the headache. <laughs> John Peter Pan Marijanin. I'm Daddy McDuke. Don't forget to subscribe on iPhones and go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash 
YouTube channel, whatever, DH Sports, and leave a comment and share with your friends. With the number one Bengals podcast, we'll see you next time. So long, sweetie pies. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.